Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. And just like that, folks, we are back. This is the Wes and Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. Also, hit up that text line, 704-570-9610. A plethora of topics going down on the text line today, including my vacation, uh, celebrity snubs, you name it. Walker, you got anything good over there? Goodness gracious, can't turn on my mic. I tried to do it a million times. I asked the question about if there really were any volcanoes, because it would make sense there are, but I know there are geysers, because I know of Old Faithful. And everybody on the text line, a lot of people are saying, yes, there are volcanoes. Some some people clowned you on the text line, saying, goodness gracious, only geysers, not volcanoes. But apparently it does sit on a super volcano, Yellowstone is uh, a giant super volcano and if it erupts it will kill us all according to 704 so yes it it, it does uh it does have a volcano um don't know how active it is i i think it is active but it hasn't erupted in quite some time but now we know erupted i don't that's a stretch no i mean look i was gonna i was gonna chime in who are we talking I mean, I know, but I can't. Like, I was going to make a comment about the volcano. It hasn't been active like my love life. Then you said erupted. And then, you know, like it was just all like I left it. I left it in my brain and then it just erupted. Please take us away. All right, man. We we found out what happens in Yellowstone, though. Volcanoes are there. Getting back to the NFL, talking about the Carolina Panthers, and Gilbert Manzano came out with what he learned about each of the NFL teams during the offseason. And so for the Carolina Panthers, he brought up the fact that he learned that Carolina welcomes Bryce Young with a quick fix. And he said, which was the most poignant of his statements and here was the Panthers might have provided the blueprint for putting a rookie quarterback or an undersized quarterback in position to to succeed right away in the NFL. He goes on to talk about the trades and the different things that the Panthers did as far as what they brought in. And so I asked the question, did Carolina really put together the blueprint on how to set up your rookie quarterback for success? Because as great as I think Bryce Young is going to be, we have not seen this come to light yet. And so is this a bit presumptuous by Mr. Manzano? I just think, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, trading up from a top 10 spot, getting rid of some meaningful assets to go get the number one guy and then, being smart in free agency, it, it's not necessarily some some plan that is locked away in a vault no one knows about and yeah. no one has access to. It, it seems like a pretty easy plan to follow, at least a pretty easy plan to put in place. It's just all about how you can follow it. I do think Carolina did a pretty good job at what they've done so far this offseason. It's why everybody loves national and local. Everyone loves what they were able to do. So this does seem like one of the better environments for a number one overall pick at the quarterback position to come into because you have Bryce Young, 
Carolina did not finish as one of the two worst teams, right? They were the ninth and pretty clearly quarterback was a big uh, problem. So they trade up to go get their guy with some positions already taken care of. If you look at some of the other positions, or I should say other teams that have been picking up, uh, been selecting really high in the NFL draft, CJ Stroud is not going into a great situation with Houston. Anthony Richardson, not bad. Shane Steichen as the new head coach, offensive line, you're hoping can bounce back, but it certainly isn't the, I mean, the Colts, when you talk about their situation, it's not comparable to a lot of other number one teams selecting. Just real quickly going down the list, if you go to some of these other guys, Joe Burrow, you had a lot to do on the offensive line to help him out. Um, and they just hit on their wide receiver selections. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, that'll help. And then you can sign uh, other guys to come aboard in free agency to go across the offensive line. I just, yeah, I don't know if there's a blueprint, I guess. It feels weird to say, oh, this is what you do if you are a team selecting at the top of the NFL draft. Because, yeah, the, the plan is get adequate enough receivers, a good enough offensive line, and trade up from number 9 or 10. I'm kind of with you. Blueprint doesn't seem to be the right word. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing, too, is the competence of your organization. If you have a competent organization, more than likely you're not going to be picking in the top 5 to 10 anyway. And so I think even in a down year, you're going to be picking somewhere in the middle of the pack, which will eliminate you from being able to pick one of the top-tier quarterbacks. I mean, most of the teams that are at the top normally are up there – unless there was some catastrophic injury to their quarterback or something like that, most of those teams are up there perennially. And so these teams aren't going to make great decisions as far as who they're bringing in, what they're doing with their cap space, how they're building their roster. So I think it was a bit presumptuous by him to say this because I think this was a very uh, unique situation that the Panthers found themselves in, being able to have uh, the requisite players to be able or player to help them move up there along with the other things they had to put with it, talk about the cap space and what they were able to do. It was a perfect storm for the Panthers, and I think they did show a lot of competence through this uh, through this situation. So I will give them credit there. I think they did the right things with the money, the right things with the draft picks, and the right thing as far as moving up to number one so that they could control the draft. But I just don't think this is a situation you're going to see all the time. When you look at the mock drafts for next season, for these top quarterbacks, you're talking about the Cardinals, the Raiders, and, and some of the teams that you see out there all the time. And nobody's going to accuse these teams of being competent organizations that are going to put together great foundations for their rookie quarterbacks to come in and thrive. So uh, I think that as far as the Panthers this season, it remains to be seen, even though I think they do have a great situation for Bryce to be in. Well, I think last year's off, uh, last year's offensive line was the best offensive line Carolina put together since, is it too far-fetched to say the 2003-2005 era? 08. 08 era? Oh. I mean, that's probably the end of that, right? Yeah. But yeah, just that that was the heyday of the offensive line. Even when they went to the Super Bowl in 2015, it was fine. But I don't know if anybody is excited about Michael Lohr and Mike Rimmers as your bookend offensive lineman. You had a good interior. Andrew Norwell, fantastic season. Trey Turner, really nice player. And Ryan Khalil will probably have his name on the Ring of Honor one day. But on the outside, yeah, this is the best bookend situation you've had in quite some time with a first-round pick like Icky and Taylor Moten. Here's the question I'm interested in asking, though. It's after all of the criticism Carolina took for not selecting a quarterback in the first round for the last few years, is there something to be said for trying to build a better offensive line while you wait for the right time to draft the QB? 
Now, I don't think that's the case because they went through free agency and actually made the right decisions in free agency. You bring in Austin Corbett, good move. You bring in Bradley Bozeman, good move. You draft Icky, but it's not like Carolina had been investing in left tackle with their first-round selections for years prior, right? Icky was the first guy since Jordan Gross, where they'd selected an offensive lineman that high. I know they drafted Jeff Ota, didn't really work out in the draft where they also took Jonathan Stewart. But you get the idea. It's not like they had been investing in the offensive line this entire time. So that would be one way to counteract all the criticism. Oh, we didn't take a QB until it was the right time. But yeah, it's not like they were investing in the O-line all that high in the draft either. Yeah, and I think, though, it also depends on what quarterback is sitting there. Is it worth going up to make the move for? Because a lot of people talk about the the Justin Herbert draft. Well, nobody knew he was going to come in and do exactly what he did. If that was the case, he would have gone first overall. Now, there were some quarterbacks that they maybe could have gotten in the past that could have been difference makers. But I think when you talk about this draft and Bryce Young and some of the guys that were available, I think you had to make a move from where you were sitting. And so I think it just happened to be a coincidence as far as the Panthers had already been building on other positions. But I do think it was smart not to maybe reach for a quarterback that you weren't sure was going to be a star while you built up the other positions. So I think it just depends on the year uh, and the draft. But talking about Bryce Young even further, and last year the Panthers start the season with Sam Darnold, how much of a gap do you feel like there is between uh, Bryce Young coming into his rookie season and last year's Sam Darnold? Yeah, I think there's a decent gap because it's funny, Sam Darnold is one of those guys a lot of people can't quit. Carolina was one of those teams when Matt Rule decided to go after him. Scott Federer hey, signed off on it, but apparently that was a Matt Rule-driven decision. Goes 3-0, and and then it goes horribly wrong after that. This past year, the last eight games or so, after P.J. Walker was no longer, after Sam was healthy enough to overtake that starting QB role, he was fine. But I think you can see fine from Bryce Young right now, and even better, right? And you can see some flashes from Bryce Young that make you think, oh, okay, he's going to be the franchise QB, accurate throws downfield, where I don't know if I ever saw Sam Darnold play a lights-out game. There was an impressive throw against Denver to DJ Moore against Patrick Sertan. That's one throw that stands out. Um, Besides the P.J. Walker crazy game against Tampa, which will never happen again, right, from that type of player, I think Bryce Young is going to give you much better consistent QB play as soon as his rookie year because there's a reason this guy was so touted. I think the gap is pretty big. What about you? Yeah, I think so as well. I think it's night and day. When you talk about Sam Darnold coming out of USC, this was a guy that was a turnover machine. Uh, This was a guy who, like I said, threw lots of interceptions, fumbled on sacks, this was not a guy coming out of college that people were touting as just being this super cerebral guy. They looked at him as a guy that took a lot of unnecessary chances, which created bad opportunities for his team. Bryce Young was none of those. This guy came out a pretty much flawless prospect, except for when you talk about the height and weight dimensions. But other than that, there was everything checked out. So I think that was a pretty good guy. Well, like think about the bar. If we're going to compare him to Sam Darnold, who gave us the best consistent QB play last year from uh, November 27th to January 8th, he had one game where he had over one touchdown pass. That was against Tampa Bay when the Buccaneers begged Sam Darnold to be the guy that beats them. 
and was doing a pretty good job for a while. And then at the end, it just didn't happen, had the interception. It was the only interception he threw until the New Orleans game. And then he had two in what was one of the worst offensive football games I can remember watching. It was it was atrocious to watch at the end there. But that was what you were asking Sam to do. Throw a touchdown pass. He only threw for over 250 yards one time. That was also against Tampa Bay. His passing yard totals, 164 against Denver, 120 against Seattle, 225 against Pittsburgh, 250 against Detroit, 340 against Tampa, and then 43. I'm not lying to you. 43 against New Orleans in the last game. If when we tie, when we try to project Bryce Young's numbers, you can expect those numbers to be consistently more than what Sam Donald was doing, at least in my opinion, 250. Not that he's going to be throwing for 250 every game, but you expect him to hit at a more frequent rate those types of numbers than Sam did. I agree with him as well. We already hear about how the coaches say they feel like they can expand their playbook. I'm not sure they felt like that about Sam Donald going into game one. There's so many yeah. possibilities with Bryce Young back there under center. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk financial decisions for the Panthers and for the Hornets, and especially for the Panthers, one guy who might have been an unexpected bill. We'll talk about that and more. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Free to text in. The text line is 704-570-9610. 704-570-9610. Just talking a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers. Their blueprint. Do they set one up on how you should integrate a rookie QB into your organization? 704, still not feeling Bryce Young. What do you think we did with Bryce? It's an absolute reach. This will be talked about as franchise ruining Bryce's arm strength is due to. It's not just his size. So that's one take about Bryce Young. I love that these reactions are a little bit more, I would say, I don't know. They're just more emphatic today. What's going on? You don't like that arm strength comment from 704? Dude, I I just don't like, did people watch different film than what we watched leading up to the draft? Like we, we all watch college football for 12 hours every Saturday. Yeah, we're not saying it's, I mean, rocket launcher type stuff. No, but I mean like... It's not awful. His precision passing was as good in the college game as, as I've ever seen. Like, I just don't get, I mean, like, if you want to come after his size, like, I get that. He's small. He's got arm talent, though. And he he's, he's going to be, at worst, a middle-of-the-road quarterback, which is better than what you've had since Cam Newton's shoulder gave out. Do you worry about that being one of the reasons you draft him in a bad way? 
where that is one way. That's a half full, half empty type of analogy. And say, all right, Bryce Young, he's not going to fail. He's going to be a good quarterback just because he's too smart. Somebody wrote in, yeah, the difference is between the years. It's that Bryce Young is so much better than Sam Darnold when it comes to the processing part. That I would 100% agree with. The processing between Sam Darnold and Bryce Young, it's going to be night and day in my opinion. Yes, even for Bryce Young coming into the league as a rookie. But with what Fitty just said, that at least he's going to be a middle-of-the-road QB, does that also kind of spell... Yeah, it's because he doesn't have the crazy athletic traits that some of these QBs have experienced at the top of the NFL. Now, especially more in the modern age, Mm -hmm. because you could point to a Tom Brady. We can all remember him not running a good 40, but Tom Brady was still very good. But now with some of these QBs that have hit recently, we can go to some pretty impressive physical traits. Joe Burrow, maybe not as physical, but, you know, taller. You know, better than Bryce Young with those types of uh, if if you wanted to evaluate just based off of the athletic buildup, right? Trevor Lawrence, crazy, crazy evaluation there. Lamar Jackson's one of the best rushers of the football that's allowed him to, you know, kind of come into his own as a passer. What do you think about what Fitty said maybe in a negative way? Yeah, I mean, I think that when you talk about Bryce Young, as far as him at worst being a, a middle of the road quarterback, that's fine to go there. And I think his athleticism, as we've talked about before, is very underrated. Um, like I said, I think his pocket presence is as good as you will find uh, at the position. But the only thing I would give a, a guy like Sam Darnold over him is maybe a little bit more arm strength. But just as far as just we talked about how cerebral he is and, and things of that nature and, and the way that he plays the game. I mean, this is a guy that, yeah, he may not be the crazy athlete that some other guys are, but he's the the crazy quarterback wonder kid that a lot of those guys mm-hmm. are not. When you talk about mental uh, aspects of the game, the decision-making, the accuracy that he throws the football with, the anticipation that he throws the football with, uh, I, I think all of those things are head and shoulders above a lot of the guys that have come out recently. Fitty is doing the same thing again. I have to imagine it's from Lina Boy oh, 74 on the text line. Dude, this this shot was in the afternoons last week, and I well, lost it. Okay, he, he has to be an Alabama hater, right? Because this is the text. Bryce Young can't throw. Dude, go back and watch the championship game against Georgia. He sucked the entire game. He was literally throwing the ball because he was scared. Bryce and Brandon Miller of the Hornets are both failure picks. Now, see... Is this like Harvey seems, Updike's son? This That sounds like a troll. This seems like a uh, a hatred for Alabama to me. If when, Once you bring in Brandon Miller... We're not talking about Brandon at all right now, but once you bring <laughs> Brandon Miller into the mix here, yeah, this has to be some sort of hate, and especially when you call out Georgia. Probably I'm gonna guess, guy. I'm going to guess line of boy 74 is also Georgia boy 74. <laughs> Or Auburn boy, 74. Auburn, Auburn's a good one, too. Yeah. You didn't have to bring up Georgia. So, yeah, that, that could be the case. And I know you don't love that text either. Fitty. I just, like, maybe I watched a different game in that national championship game two years ago. If Mac Jones was Alabama's quarterback, they lose that game by three touchdowns. Like, he lost his top two weapons. And they were driving, I believe, to tie the game. And, look, I know he threw a pick six that eventually sealed the deal or whatever. But he kept them in the game. Without his top two wide receivers, do we forget what he did to that same defense three weeks prior in the SC title game? He scored like 45 on those fools. And, oh, he can't make throws and look at that tape. If you put guys around him, Bryce Young has proven at every level of football he's ever quarterbacked, he's going to kick your ass. So if Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer give him the coaching that he needs 
and the receivers that he needs. He is going to be a really, really good quarterback. So even mm-hmm. if I, I like this convo, because when we talk about him at, at worst being a middle of the road guy, how much does that limit him being a number one QB in the NFL? I mean, do we see that type of potential with Bryce Young, despite not having the physical traits that some of these other guys have? I guess you would say he has a high floor. If you want to put it that way, his floor is a lot higher uh, than a lot of people. Well, let's go down the list with some of the physically gifted QBs with them being up there. Like even with Joe Burrow, I wouldn't put him up there. I'm not going to put Joe Burrow, even if he's taller than Bryce Young, might have more physical traits than what Bryce has. I'm talking about guys like Josh Allen, who was only drafted because he was a freak and was not accurate until he learned it in the NFL. And now he is one of the better quarterbacks. I know you guys have your he chokes in the postseason takes. I get it. But we can all, we can all agree. Was we, not prepared for that. Uh, that was a throw up. I don't know if that was a choke. That was just throwing up on the mic. But with Josh Allen, I think he's certainly up there. Pat Mahomes has the best of everything. The dude can throw football out of the stadium. He's clearly up there. If you are a Lamar Jackson defender, It's all because of his athleticism and him being up there towards the top. And so when we talk about the best guys, who who are the best QBs without it? Joe Burrow is one in the modern day, what we have right now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that is one of the better arms we've seen coming out of the NFL draft. I mean, you're talking about different throws. Even Matthew Stafford being a number one overall pick had one of the bigger rocket launchers attached to his shoulder that we had seen. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, okay. Joe so, Burrow is the best example I have. Yeah, so good quarterbacks that are limited physically. Um, I, I I don't think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, but he's been paid like one. Yeah, but that's right. I, that's a tough comparison, though. Yeah, um, I don't think – like Dak's my quarterback. Because of all the injuries, I don't think he's no longer a physical specimen, but he can be a really good quarterback. And I think Jared Goff's a good example. That's That might well. be the best example, because look at what he did this past year in Detroit. Like You could argue he was better in Detroit with from a numbers perspective than he was in L.A., but he had a lot more to work with. So, so Goff had one crazy season in L.A., and he had a really good season this year with Detroit. But also, if, if Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins are the more universally accepted comparisons here outside of, and Joe Burrow is the one, oh. but, but yeah. you know, those guys, it's not like and you're saying, I, I, Oh, I hope he becomes Jared Goff. I want him to be better than yeah. Jared Goff at number one. I throw Derek Carr in there and I throw uh, Brock Purdy in there as well. What about Herbert? We can't call Brock Purdy a top 10 QB though. Okay. Well, this is, that's what I'm, that's really what I'm asking yeah, though, because no, we Justin can go Herbert's to, a really good athlete. Yeah, because we can go starting QBs. You can find those. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm asking about top, the I mean, top even top, top five. Yeah. Because when you draft somebody number one, you're hoping that that is a ceiling for you, that you can be the best QB. I still think he can reach it. It doesn't mean that that's the only way that you become the best QB in the league. But normally, at least in the last 10 years, the number one QBs, the guys towards the top, they got some pretty freak athletic abilities attached to them. And even Justin Herbert, <sighs> I mean, a cannon. (laughs) Justin Herbert has a cannon. So that's something where, no, it's not. His arm strength is not bad. I would not call Bryce Young's arm strength terrible. But also, it's not like some of these other QBs we're talking about. I mean, like, like, like maybe y'all disagree. I think, like, if Bryce Young is the guy that we think he's drafted to be, I think he'll be the third best quarterback in the NFL by the time his rookie contract is done. Yeah, because you can't you can't put him ahead of Pat or or and for me, it's Joe Burrow's number two. And so, like, if he's behind Mahomes and Burrow, 
Are we going to be mad that he's just the third best quarterback in the NFL? Well, it's it's why I loved the Joe Burrow comparison to Bryce Young more than I liked the C.J. Stroud comparison to Bryce Young. When And that started to catch on a little bit later into the draft process. But so much of the comparisons were C.J. Stroud could be the next Joe Burrow. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Bryce throwing off platform, but still being excellent from the from the pocket and, and getting to the outside of the pocket and destroying you downfield. Yeah, that's I what think, I like. I think that's an apt level that you could maybe aspire to by the end of his uh, rookie contract. I don't, I don't think that's far-fetched at all that he could be um, in that echelon. And so uh, Joe and Burrow's Lamar, echelon? Yes. And then with Lamar Jackson, though, man, we got we to gotta give him a little bit more credit, though, as a passer, man. He's 13th all-time at passer rating, and he hasn't had an elite receiving core since he's been in the league. And I feel like he kind of got tasked with a running offense in Baltimore. So I can't wait to see what he does this year. No, but I brought him up for a reason. I I mean, you did, but you kind of hit him with the running caveat, and I I don't necessarily care for that too much with Lamar. I think Lamar's a a really good passer. He's clearly a better runner than he is a passer. I'm one that defends the passing game for Lamar. Okay, all right, I'm with you. But the way you worded it at first, it was kind of like, eh. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he passed really well on not wanting to come back and play this year. Oh. This is what you did. <laughs> I tried to give Lamar Jackson credit, but you didn't like it. You wanted me to go above and beyond, and you set it on a tee for Fitty to come back in with his Lamar hate. Only blame yourself. <laughs> Don't blame me. Yeah. No, I, I got you. But I, I think that Bryce Young can definitely get up into the top five at minimum by the end of that rookie deal. No question about it. Yeah. The, 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 that was the reason people would want to go Anthony Richardson. Right. I mean, it's because you could see if this guy hits, there is nothing else that can take that away from him. Yeah. Where Bryce Young has a great mind and it's like, well, are we ever going to get crazy arm strength from him? No, I don't think you're ever going to get he's never going to be a top five flamethrower in the NFL. He's not. That's not going to happen for Bryce, but he can kill you. And Drew Brees is the one that everybody goes to because the size makes too much sense. And absolutely, that is one way that you can reach that. If Jalen Hurts has another MVP caliber season, are we putting him over Burrow or not? Well, it depends on what Burrow does. But, yeah, you can put – if you wanted to, you could. I just wanted to, you know, throw that out there. I love Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Jalen Hurts deserves to have received every single penny he got on this contract extension. As a second-round guy coming in and delivered – in the biggest game when he played against Kansas city and gave them a chance because he was throwing all over the yard, the rushing aspect too. Yeah. I mean, Jalen hurts is fantastic. I mean, I like Joe Burrow a lot. You know, I, I give well, Fitty a little grief on the, you know, a little you, bit extra gas. You, we do want to talk about disrespecting QBs. Anytime we try to give him praise, it is always you trying to bring us down on that. I'm just saying that's how it usually rolls I think here. he's really good, but I just think a little bit of the praise is a bit much of as far as how he plays the game. People act like this is something new, and I think he's a drop-back passer that's got but a little is, bit of athleticism. Okay, but here's my question. How is that any different from applying that to Bryce Young? What does he do that's new? No, I, didn't, I never said that he was. No, I know, but if yeah. we're, but we can still – but but you love Bryce. You love yes, him. Yes, I do. So, so you're can, asking me why do I like Joe? Because you try to bring him, you try to bring Joe down. When we talk about Joe, you try to bring him down a little bit closer. Well, yeah, because he gets like I said, but Bryce doesn't do anything crazy. Two, and I just feel like that we've yet to see Joe Burrow play without really a a, a great complement of weapons. We know at uh, LSU he had arguably the greatest receiving core of all time, and then we know in Cincinnati he's equipped with 
uh, really good pass catchers. I, I love his game, but just as far as how people just are just heaping all of this praise onto him, I, I don't necessarily like that. I mean, you do realize he's doing the bottom five offensive line, though. Like, like that's why, I, first off, he's elevated a losing organization. I, I like that. I can you know, that. that hadn't done anything since, what, like the middle of the 1980s when Chris Collinsworth was catching passes for him. He took him to a Super Bowl, had a chance to tie or win the game last year, back to the AFC title game, went on the road and beat Josh Allen in the playoffs. Yeah. Like Now, like if, if his offensive line was top 10 in the NFL, I think it'd be hard. You would say he's a system quarterback. The guy won a playoff game and got sacked nine times. That's a now that's a that's a good argument. And Cincinnati has some good teams with Carson Palmer and. Uh, yeah, I was about to say you did the wide receiver. You went Chris Collinsworth and yeah. just skipped over Chad Ochocinco <laughs> and TJ. Who's they never your won mama. a playoff game though. Well, oh, but it, I mean, Carson Palmer true. had his ACL torn at the beginning of the one game. You're right. I thought you were talking about receivers. I didn't know your point was playoff game. Yeah, no, true. like the last time they won a playoff game was in the middle of the 1980s. He's 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 elevated that franchise to a different place. And Wait, when they played San Francisco in the Super Bowl, was that post Collinsworth? Or Collinsworth was on that team, I believe. Yeah, because I think he talks okay. about it like every Sunday night football broadcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When they got blown, well, no, they didn't get blown to smithereens, but they did lose on the last second play by the great Joe Montana. They did. Joe Montana, another guy that did not do it with athletic prowess, but also just that elite processing. Yeah. So maybe that's what we have here. Bryce Young could be Bryce Montana, the next Joe Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Young like could be it. that very next guy. Yeah, uh, feel free to write in 704-570-9610. Um, yeah, Weatherman Mark. Uh, Wes, I believe you are way off on your takes, bro. I guess that is about Joe Burrow. Uh, 502 said, don't disrespect your current backup QB like that. Dalton had some good bangle years. That's to you, Fitty, after trying to go to the 80s. Uh, 704 Continue to text in. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Vernon believes both of you. He agrees with you on the Josh Allen discussion. Stop the Josh Allen talk. Most turnovers in the NFL since he's been in the league. Talented but not good. Where are you? Can, we can call him good. Josh yeah, he's a, a really good, good quarterback, man. I just think he takes on too much, especially when you're talking about in the run game, trying to run over guys. And obviously, Stephon Diggs is not the biggest fan of him right now because those fourth quarters, he feels like he should be getting a football a bit more. But I just think that Josh Allen still has some growing to do uh, as a quarterback. All right, so we know Bryce Young is going to be handsomely played. You yeah. had one more point before we move no. on, and Wes throws up on the mic again. All right, wow. fair enough. Um, let's go to a little bit more of the financial decisions that the Carolina Panthers are going to have to make real quickly before we get to the last fitty flash. Wes, I know you came across something that might illustrate Brian Burns' deal being a little more complicated than we think, and with their baby being a shot that he holds out. What's the likelihood of us having some um, unexpected drama on uh, the Brian Burns front? Yeah, just came across saying that the, the Panthers did, they came out and said that after they got their draft picks done and signed that Brian Burns was going to be their focus and so the fact that he hasn't gotten his extension yet I think Brian Burns kind of was asked about it early and was just saying that he was enjoying the process and he was glad to be in that position but just as far as him not having a deal in place yet I think is a bit uh, funny and just wondering as we get closer and closer to training camp is this something that could go into training camp and is this a, a situation that could potentially turn into a holdout, I think that it could uh, because this is the guy that we've talked about with the numbers he has, the value the Panthers put on him, the fact they wouldn't trade him uh, for the first-round picks that they were offered, that this is the guy that has a lot of leverage. And so I just wondered, and do we think that this could be a potential holdout situation? 
I wonder if they're going to use this time before training camp starts to really try to get this thing worked out Mm -hmm. because now you're in a dead period. So I know Marty Herney, I think he was a guy that didn't like to work on deals once the season started. I think Scott Fitterer is not going to act that way. I think he has no problem, you know, negotiating with Brian Burns agent during the season. I could be wrong. I don't know if we have, I, I think Scott is fine with that, but yeah, I, you just haven't seen any reporting on Brian Burns possibly holding out. Usually you start to get this sort of thing happening around, I would say even OTAs, you know, Brian Burns is there. We had no problem with any real absences and any reporting about an absence happening because he's frustrated there has not been an extension officially ironed out yet. You would think if he was going to hold out that he might already do it. So I don't expect any drama, which is nice. I I think Brian Burns does trust the organization to get this thing done. And why wouldn't he? Carolina has only talked about, yeah, this is going to be someone that is going to be here for the long term. And even if Carolina wasn't flat out saying it, we know about Carolina turning down some lucrative deals because they value Brian so much. Yeah, and real quick before we get out of here, maybe we could touch on this more tomorrow, but do you think that the Panthers see Frankie Louvu as an expense that they did not expect being how great he played and the way that they acquired him? Do you think now that if he has another year like he had this past season, I mean, he's going to command a, a really nice salary. So do you think that the Panthers look at this as an issue with the other guys on the defense that they have to pay? This what do you mean an issue? Just like as far as what they will have to pay him. If he has another, he's going to call like for more money. Issue, that's what I'm saying. Do you think that they did not expect this coming into the situation of signing him? Like they didn't plan on a couple years down the line having to give him a big payday, especially with some of the other miles that there are to feed on defense. Sure, uh, it's a great problem. You know, Frankie Luvu a lot better than what you thought he would be, and we'll see how much they value him. Yeah, if, if that's. If you're asking, do you think Caroline expected this? No, I don't think there's any way you could have expected Frankie Louvu to be this type of good. But now you have a real decision to make based on what he's going to call for, because he's really versatile and has given you uh, pretty good numbers in a bunch of different areas and how he can affect a football team. So, yeah, I we'll see. I mean, they've got decisions to make, right? Jeremy Chin. You know, how much do you value him? Frankie Louvu, Derek Brown hasn't got paid yet. Brian Burns, while we expect it, I mean, what, any day? Maybe that's, I don't think that's far-fetched. So they've got a lot of defensive players they have to pay. Then you add J.C. Horn on that list. Yeah, Louvu might just be a casualty there. So maybe you move on from him. All right, let's get to the last Fitty Flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? Not a whole lot going on on a Wednesday in July. So to remind you guys, Charlotte FC back in action tonight. You can catch the game right here on WFNZ pregame at seven. Willie and Jess will be on the air. And I want to know, is, is Willie coming on tomorrow? Do we, do we know if Palachuk's coming on? Because you know he's doing the morning thing. I'm going on Mac and Bone in the morning. So maybe we need to force Willie P to come on in the afternoon and hopefully talk about an FC win. You're usually the one that actually schedules Willie P to come on with us. So you tell me. I, is Willie P willing to come in studio? We finally got him in after chastising him for him not coming in the studio for quite some time. So maybe you can work on that. I'll ask him. All right. Sounds good. There's your update. Last 50 flash of the day. We'll move on to the next segment here on Weston Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. A lot of people have been mad at me before, but never has anybody been mad at me for 10-year-old Walker not bringing back a present for 6-year-old Fiddy having not known him and not knowing him for the next 20 years of my life. But Fiddy is now mad at me for going on a West Coast road trip and not bringing him back a present, just like Wes did not bring us back a present from going on a cruise for vacation. Oh, I mean, the, the cruise prices, I did say, too, I was going to grab you guys some. I got my mom a couple of things, and then I got... Bryce something. To be frank, though, there wasn't a whole lot uh, to get because most of the stuff on the ship was all carnival themed. So I really couldn't think of anything to get you guys, to be frank. Yeah, what did you want, Fiddy? Because he said this on the air last week. What in the world would you want from a cruise? I don't know. I mean, when Willie came back from his honeymoon, I got a uh, a seashell necklace. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, do you wear it? I mean, it's it's on my little cabinet or my little shelf okay. at home beside his uh, wedding invitation. And right. a lot of stuff that they had was geared towards women as far as the dresses and um, accessories and things of that nature. Yeah, you didn't bring us back anything. And I wasn't going to bring you guys watches. So. Yeah, I know. And then Finney <laughs> said, well, at least you haven't been uh, across. Yeah, that would have been great. Honestly, <laughs> you should have gotten us a fake watch. That would have been great. Um, but no, Fiddy then got mad and said, Walker's traveled the world and hasn't brought us anything when, yeah, I was 10 years old on my West Coast road trip when I went to see Mount Rushmore. But it doesn't matter. Fiddy's still mad at me. Next time, no, I'll get you guys uh, pre-owned Rolexes. That would be great. On the ship. I'll that, get you a couple of those. How about that? Oh, I, I mean, Who's I, your favorite? That will be a great story behind it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that. I'd give you a, a Rolex. Yeah, a pre-owned Rolex. I'd wear it. Yeah. So you think you'd get a date then if you roll up somewhere wearing a Rolex? If I couldn't get a date wearing a pre-owned Rolex, then I would just come to the conclusion I'm never going to date again. <laughs> Poor Fitty, man. Uh, Smitty from the city said, that sounds like an excuse to me, Wes. Yeah, thank you, oh. Smitty. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, Fitty, uh, K-Town Steve said, Fitty wanted a, pack, uh, wanted a bag of ganja from the Bahamas that for you to bring him back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that'd have been good to get Don't get arrested. in trouble. Don't get in trouble. Um, we can go back to some other texts in here in just a second. I wanted to debut just a, a spitballed idea about a last segment because we still have not done anything since this day in sports history is gone. I think you haven't done one of those in over a month at this point (laughs) and we still don't have a last segment. So maybe we can have an open tab segment. And so what we can do is we can go to the computer. I'm a big, just put on a new tab type of guy. So I don't exit out of the other ones. I just have them all in front of my face. I like being able to pick on a couple of different stuff. And so I have a whole bunch of tabs open. This actually carried through before we hopped on the show. And the first tab that I have for you is a Steve Novak basketball reference page. 
And so a Steve Novak basketball reference page came up because we talked about how good he was with the Knicks that one year on high volume, shooting over five threes a game, shooting 47% from three. Fitty got giddy when we talked about Steve Novak and his days with the New York Knicks. Discount double check Novak was the heart and soul of the second unit of some so of actually fun Knicks teams. Mm-hmm. Like those were the Knicks teams that that I grew that when I first became a fan that that stole my heart. But my greatest Steve Novak memory isn't one of him actually on the basketball court. It's on the video game over at Flounders one night playing 2K. <laughs> I think this was 2K10. It may may have been 11. But he hits a three with Novak in the he's like in the corner and he's sideways falling out of bounds and he just he just lets it fly and this thing buries and that's what that's my lasting image of Steve Novak. Did Flounder throw the controller in anger? No, he hit the shot. Oh, he hit it. Did you throw the controller in anger? No, I was. This is. Did you ever watch? people play video games oh yeah sometimes like yeah. i was watching like okay. like flound was playing his season or whatever so i was just watching him play he hits this three and loses his nuts um wow or, lo- <laughs> or loses <laughs> i've never been so amazed at something where i lost those before <laughs> usually i hold on to those things it's amazing that novak was out of the league before the NBA changed overnight, though. Like he, I know. Imagine him in today's NBA. The guy, the guy would get paid $20 million a year. He would Easy. Get, he would get paid a lot, especially when you shoot that crazy from three. The next one, the next open tab I had on my list, this is kind of a look back on the show, a Chris Lang a college sports <laughs> reference tab. I did not expect us to talk about Chris Lang. I did not expect Fitty to hate Chris Lang. Yes, the same basketball player that went to Hunter Huss High School and played for North Carolina from 1998 to 2002. But Fitty, you can tell more of the people why you dislike him. And I didn't know. There are a lot of Heels fans that didn't like his time at North Carolina. I was one of Apparently, of the few that did like his time there. Yeah, no, he he is a he's a hot topic, hot uh, and, and a, a villain in the in the Tar Heel community. I think I don't want to speak for Hog because he's on vacation. I think Hogger doesn't like him as well. We oh, bonded over this, but you're talking about a guy that proceeded to get worse pretty much every year of his career. And had, yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's the stats don't necessarily bear that. But out. I mean, like he was putting up numbers on bad teams, and like he he, like, he bragged about it and. You know, I, I tried. To I mean, be a, his junior year, they were a two seed in the tournament. But because of him, I mean, because because, because of Chris he, Lang, he scored an eleven points per game average on a two seed. That's yeah, pretty wow. good. I mean, eleven points per game really translates. Go back and look at all the successful <laughs> seasons of North Carolina basketball and clown people that scored over ten points per game on that team. I'm just saying, man. I tried to give the guy the platform to like like I did Joseph Forte. I've had Joe Forte on. He he wanted to tell his side of the story for Tar Heel fans that don't like him. I scheduled three times. He didn't show up three times. So by going to him. <laughs> do you remember watching Chris Lang and having this type of vitriol for him, Wes, back in the ACC day? Uh, I do not, man. I did wish, <laughs> and I watched him and thought he was going to be a little bit better than what he was because, like I said, he came through and gave my Cougars 40. Uh, then yeah. when we played the Matt Hunter Huss, he scored in the high 30. So I thought this guy was definitely NBA bound. But as far as my tabs, uh, they're very work-related. You know, we're always blue-collar over here. So I have the collar, uh, the the tabs pulled up of some of the topics that we were talking about, the Brian Burns, the Carolina Panthers, what we've learned, also a topic that we'll probably get to tomorrow. But then also looking at uh, a little bit of Twitter, Florida State wide receiver Johnny Wilson. Some of his uh, clips are going through on my computer right now. Then I have uh, Mac Joneses and Joe Burroughs' 
uh, stats pulled up and then NFL standings well, because as we were going through our quarterback conversation, I was just cycling through all of the teams trying to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Yeah, I was wondering if Mac, Mac Jones and Joe Burrow were some of the unathletic top QBs <laughs> conversation. I wonder if that was a part yeah, well, of it. Yeah, well, when Fitty made his comment about Mac Jones and they would have lost by three touchdowns, that kind of struck a <laughs> Mac Jones was my guy, so I did not agree with him. All right, uh, Kyle about to hop on the mic. Okay, He's going to give us one take as we end today. What yeah, you got, I pro- Kyle? Well, I mean, I'm only going to make myself late, so don't feel pressured. Because um, I, I have a question for Wes. Okay. So... I didn't know this, but I'm, I'm going to turn this into a conversation on the show today. So I knew you were on a cruise. Okay. It was your first cruise? First. I've never been on a cruise. Okay. Same. And I don't know if I ever want to go on a cruise. How was it? I think you would enjoy it, man. It was pretty cool. I mean, there's some annoying parts, but for the most part, the food, uh, the entertainment provided was really good. Just hanging out, man, a, a different experience, being on the sea and going to an island somewhere, wherever you choose to go, I, I would recommend it. Okay. All right. Because, like, one of the things I'm going to ask the listeners today is, like, because it was your first cruise. Yes. I haven't been on one. There are lots of things that are, like, common for people to do. It's so, like, what's the most common thing that people do that you you yourself haven't done? Like, for me, it's a cruise. For Smoke, it's travel outside the American South. Okay. Um, you know, everybody, I'm sure somebody hasn't flown out there. So, like, we're going to throw that out I'll there to start the show. dinner, uh, you know, unlimited bread you can get two appetizers two entrees and dessert every night <laughs> sounds like every olive night. garden okay, on the water i think that would be right up your alley so what what level of the ship did you sleep on because i think sleeping like low on the ship would give me massive we anxiety were on the sixth, uh we were on the sixth uh deck i guess you could say or whatever you want to call it okay so we were like kind of in the middle but you can feel the boat moving but i liked it especially for sleep I like boats. It's not that. Yeah, it's, I like the fact that you can feel it moving. It's like in a Titanic situation. You have to fight my way uh, up six <laughs> floors to get out of this thing. That's what I would be constantly well, having anxiety actually, we about were, that. So the floor where everybody entered and exited on was the third. So we were only three flights down. It wasn't very far at all. Okay. All right. I want to know what the most common things that, that people do that other people out there have never done today. Yeah. All right. You can text in yeah. 704-570-9610. Kyle will lead off with that. And I'm guessing some other sports topics alongside. My phase two, Kyle. Evan what? Smoke, Ludwig. Really? Booze extra? Oh, <laughs> uh, you can buy a drink package, though. What, Walker? I just 120. asked the question. <laughs> no, I'm laughing at Wes because he was like phase two. I was like, okay, no. But I just said 120 a day, you can get a drink package. So it'll run you 120 mouth. a day? Yeah. Damn. Well, you- For just you? No, well, you can. We did not get it, but I'm just saying you can get that. That's well, what I'm just saying for like just a single person? Yeah. That's a Friday night bar tab every day. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to be excited because you're on vacation and happy, so you'll be happy. Well, I guess you're stuck there, and you uh, you got to pay it, too. Yeah, we'll talk more. Yeah, you can't, you can't leave anywhere. Yeah, you brought you the hat with you and everything, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a good-looking hat. Kyle Bailey Show. Coming I'm sorry. Up Sports Radio <laughs> Walker clearly wants to end this radio No, you're show. good. Sports, it's, it's the Kyle Bailey Show coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.